0: Welcome to the Truth Wars podcast with Dr. Olin Stubbs. Olin has recently written his first book, which is titled, What to Do with Worry, Why Playing God Never Works. You can find Olin's book on christianfocus.com and amazon.com. Now, here's Olin. Acts chapter 3, we were in John last night, it's the next book. And uh, while you're getting your Bibles out, turning there, hopefully you've got something to write with, write on, i want to ask you a question to think about tonight as we get started. I want you to think about just kind of all the needs, all the hardship, the suffering in the world in one sense, I want you to think about that. But I also want you to think about this, you know, you're college students and so a lot of times people ask you, what are you studying, what do you want to do after you graduate? And I want you to think about this question. If you were gonna have to graduate and give your life, maybe to solve kind of one of the big needs in the world, one of the big sources of suffering or pain or hardship that's going on in the world, what would you be most passionate to give yourself to? Maybe what feels like the biggest need? If You are like, that's too hard. Maybe you can boil it down to two. The biggest one or two needs out there in the world of suffering, of pain, of hardship, that you think, man, I'd really like to give my life to fixing that problem. Don't think too hard, just what's the first thing that comes to mind? One or two things. Jot it down at the top of your page. Um, Turn to Acts 3. Let me pray one more time, and then we'll dive in. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the spirit. Speak by your spirit through the word to all of our hearts tonight. Make us into the people that you want us to be. In Christ's name, amen. Now, I don't know what you wrote down. I bet if we could get them all up on the board, I should have come up with some kind of cool little whatever game where you can punch it in on your phone and it pops up on the screen. I bet there'd be a hundred different ideas, maybe to fight against poverty, maybe to fight against uh, lack of good health care, maybe to fight against hunger. There's all these different things that are good and important. And we're going to look at the idea that there's a lot of needs in the world today, and how are we supposed to prioritize them? And how are we supposed to help when there's so many we can't do everything? How should we know where to give our time and energy? So I want us to look at this story in Acts chapter 3. And we're going to meet a man who at least had two very big, obvious, significant needs in his life. So, Acts chapter 3, starting verse 1. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man, lame from birth, was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to seek alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no gold, excuse me, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. Now let's just stop right there. Let's talk about the story for just a second. Here's the story. Two of Jesus's most famous disciples, Peter and John, they were actually in the story that we looked at last night. This is years later. Jesus has been crucified, dead, buried, risen, and ascended all the way to heaven. So he's sitting on a throne in heaven now. And the disciples, in a sense, are running the New Testament church. And they're out there preaching, talking to people about Christ. And one day, they're going to church to pray. And there's a guy that's been lame since birth. So basically, it was like uh, the muscles in his ankles and legs and maybe feet were just dead. They didn't work since he was a baby. He couldn't walk. So therefore, you can't walk in that ancient culture You can't really get a job So he didn't really have much money So he's broke And he's he's a beggar And he's lame And he's got two glaring needs May have had other needs But there were two pretty big, obvious needs And Peter and John come upon him And he says, hey, I'd like some money from you guys They, they would kind of lay him outside church Maybe think people are going to be nicer when they're going to church They'll give you some money And Peter says, I don't have any money But what I do have, I'll give you now want you just pause a lot of things that we can notice here. The first thing is, I love it, that there's this needy guy, Peter and John seem, and they don't just blow past him. The guy asks him for something, and they stop, and they focus in. And let's just all think about it in our hearts. When we see people that are needy, maybe they're physically needy, maybe they're financially needy, maybe they're needy in different ways, how do we tend to respond? And I'm not saying that you have to stop and give money to every homeless person that you ever meet. In fact, I don't think that's wise. But I'm talking about in general, when you come across all different kinds of needs in life. And this may just be like a social need, right? Like the left out nerd that doesn't have any friends in the class. And he's always sitting by himself. When you come across people that have glaring needs, how do you tend to respond? Do you slow down and pay attention? Or do you just try to blow past them? Peter and John, they slow down, they pay attention. But then they say, you know what? We can't help you with the financial needs you're asking about, but we can help you in another way that you're not even asking about. So, another thing we can learn there. A lot of times we think, if I really want to make a difference in the world, I've got to be rich, powerful, famous, not necessarily. Peter and John were broke, and they're about to make a radical difference in this guy's life. Okay, so, next thing I want to ask you, just think about, if you had two needs, and you had the exact two needs this guy had, you didn't have any money, you're broke, And also, your legs didn't work. You're lame since birth. And you could only get one fixed. But you could choose which one you want to get fixed. Okay? Think about that with me for a second. And let let me say one other thing. Because a lot of times, there there are some types of people, and I'm tempted to be this kind of person sometimes. I fight against it. That when we see somebody in life that's really needy, and they're broken, and they're messed up, we always jump to the conclusion, sometimes too quickly, it must be their fault. They must have done something stupid. They must have done something sinful that made them in such a needy position. You understand what I'm saying? And listen, the reason that we jump to that conclusion a lot of times is because a lot of the times, that's true. You make a lot of sinful, stupid decisions that will put you in bad places in life. But sometimes you have a guy like this, this is not his fault. He was born this way. Nothing he did wrong, he was just born this way. And we need to be more compassionate. And John and Paul are. So he had two needs. But now I want us to think about what's the real greater need. So let's pick up right where we left off in the middle of verse 6. I'll just read the whole verse again. Verse 6. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold. But what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and enter the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were amazed with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's, and they're astounded. So there's this big porch, basically, outside of the temple. Everybody hears hey, you know that beggar that's been there for years and he's been lame his whole life the guy's healed He's walking around and the crowds come hey Peter says I can't fix your financial problem I can fix your physical problem. He grabs him He pulls as the guy stands up. It's like the dead ankle muscles Instantly are healed and made alive the dead comes to life and the guy is obviously excited Now pause and think about this with me. What has changed in his financial situation? Nothing. He's still broke as a joke, right? But he ain't worried about that anymore. He's like, I just got healed man. And the joy is overflowing because he's so excited. I had two needs, but my greater need got fixed. Now that doesn't mean he still won't have to think about the smaller need later. But right now he's just fired up. My bigger need got fixed. And I want you to think about this guys. When he saw Peter and John coming to church that day to pray, he didn't say, any chance you guys can heal me? And you know why? He had given up on being healed. He just thought, this is the way it is. That need is too big. It's too great. Too huge. Too impossible. It can never be fixed. I better just settle to be a lame beggar. Maybe I can just get a couple of coins so I can get a little bit of food and I'll do it again tomorrow. And guys... That's a picture of us sometimes. We may have big gaping needs in our life that just seem too overwhelming and we've given up thinking God could fix this need. God has enough power if he so chooses, he could change the worst need in your life. And sometimes we just settle for little things. And another application is sometimes if we think I don't have a lot of needs in my life and I would like to be a person that contributes to society and tries to go out and help the world, we play small too we play safe too. We feel too overwhelmed by the bigger needs and sometimes we just want to focus on the tiny needs because, well, at least I can make a difference in some tiny way, but I feel too overwhelmed to make a real change in the biggest deal. Now, guys, some needs in life are more important than other needs in life. Do do you see that? It's just obvious. Put yourself in the beggar's shoes And if the question was put to you, I can give you a little bit of money and fix your financial problem, or I can heal you and you'll be able to walk for the rest of your life. You don't have to like go home and pray about that decision, right? It's obvious. I'll take the healing. I'll figure out the money later. In fact, the healing will probably enable me to get a job and be able to fix the money problem on my own. Make sense? So there's bigger needs, there's smaller needs, Prioritize the greater needs when you can. Do what you can, and sometimes you won't be able to fix the best needs. Okay. Again, I just I just want to hammer this home. It's important, and you'll see why in a minute. But let's just imagine you went to the doctor. You had to have a physical or something. You hadn't been to the doctor in a while, and the doctor says, "Well, I got some bad news and some worse news." You're like, "I thought it was supposed to be bad news and good news." Like, "Nope, I got bad news and worse news." You're like, "What's the bad news?" Like, "You got a mild case of the flu." You're like, "Well, that's not that bad." What's the worst news? You got stage 4 cancer. And the doctor said, and I'm in a real hurry. I can only really focus on one problem. Again, you don't have to pray about this decision, right? It's like, how about you handle a stage 4 cancer doc? I can swing by the pharmacy and pick up some Tylenol or something, and I'll handle the flu on my own. You handle the bigger need. When you were in a position and you could help a smaller need or a bigger need, always try to help the bigger need first. I'm not saying you don't care about the little need. I'm not saying you don't give time and energy to it. But prioritize the bigger need when you can make a difference there. Now, third point, the greatest need. The greatest need. Pick up in verse 12 where we left off. And when Peter saw it, he sees all these people gathering. He addressed the people. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate. That was the Roman uh, government official who had Jesus crucified when he decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. You may not know this story, but Pilate really didn't want to kill Jesus. And so Pilate said, hey, Jewish people, I'm going to let one of the criminals go. Jesus, who I don't really think is a criminal, or this guy who was a real murderer, robber, thief, insurrectionist. And the crowd said, we'd rather have the real bad guy because we hate Jesus, have him crucified. That's what Peter's talking about. He's reminding this Jewish crowd of their sin, what they did to Jesus. Verse 13, and you killed the author of life He thus fulfilled. And then skip down to verse 22. Moses said, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. That was a prophecy about Jesus. You shall listen to him and whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. You might want to underline that last phrase in verse 23. Here's what's going on. Peter meets a beggar that had two really big glaring needs, physical health and financial health. Peter says, I can't fix your financial problem, I can fix your bigger problem, the physical problem and he heals him. And then a huge crowd draws near and Peter realizes this crowd has an even bigger need than the lame guy had. Doesn't seem like they were broke, seems like they were perfectly healthy. But he realizes they have a spiritual need. This is the same crowd that crucified Jesus Christ. And so Peter says, I have an opportunity right now to minister to this group of people their greatest need, the gospel. Talk to them about Christ talk to him about their eternity. Because why did I have you underline that little phrase at the end of verse 23? Because what that is basically saying is any person that doesn't listen to Jesus, his words, trust in Jesus, his life, death, resurrection, and follow him will die and go to hell forever. That That is the clear message of the Bible. You may say, I don't like that. That doesn't feel nice or politically correct. You can feel that way if you want to. But the truth of what the Bible says is any person that doesn't put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, they may have a nice 80 years on planet Earth, but they will suffer eternally in hell. That's the greatest need, guys. I don't know what you wrote down in your paper. Probably a lot of good things. There are great needs, but the greatest need is eternal suffering in hell apart from the love and the mercy and the kindness and the goodness of God. Peter saw the opportunity and started preaching. Now, in, in one sense, guys, what we're doing tonight is the macro version of what we did last night, kind of in the micro version. Last night we talked about kind of on a one-on-one basis, talk to your friends, talk to your family, talk to your coworker about Jesus. Now we're talking about tonight, talk to the whole world about Jesus. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a missionary, although some of you, tonight, God might be calling and stirring in your heart to give your life for world missions. But mainly what I want you to see is, one of the things that's great about this generation, that I love about this generation, is there's a lot of students that I've met it's like, man, I want to do something with my life. I want to be purposeful. I want to make a difference. I want to solve world hunger. I want to solve world poverty. And listen, praise the Lord. If he's put that burden in your heart and you think you can do something to make a difference, go for it. But I'm just saying, don't forget the greatest need. You know, if God, maybe if you have a burden like, man, I want to move to a foreign country where there's a lot of orphans and I want to build an orphanage to minister to these poor kids that don't even have parents. That's great. But while you're ministering to those poor kids that don't have parents, make sure you share the gospel with them because that's the greater need. That's the greatest need of all time. Does that make sense? There's so much we can learn here. We're not going to have time to do it all. But just a couple things. Notice the way that Peter preached the gospel. He was pretty direct, wasn't he? He said, you crucified the Lord of glory. I mean, that's pretty strong, Peter. But then he was also really kind. He said, hey, guys, I know you acted in ignorance. You didn't really understand what you're doing. This is a great picture of how you should evangelize. Speak the hard truth, but do it in a soft, gentle, loving way. Now, there's probably 10 different applications we can pull out of this. Let me read two more verses, and then we'll just keep pulling out some applications practically. Verse 24. And all the prophets who have spoken... From Samuel and those who came after him also proclaimed these days, the days that we're living in. Verse 25: You are the sons of the prophets, and the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, And in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. What's the point of that? Listen, Christianity started as the fulfillment of the Jewish religion, it started with Jewish people. Jesus was a Jew. All of his first disciples were Jews. But what that verse is saying is, this was not just supposed to be a Jewish religion. Christianity is the one true religion for all people, for all time, for all places on planet Earth. Every nation. You know, every once in a while you'll hear someone say, you know, Christianity is just a Western religion. That's such a stupid thing to say. Mainly because it's not true. But if anything, it's a Middle Eastern religion. It started in Jerusalem. But it's not just for the Middle East. It's for the whole world. And it's sure not just for America. Praise the Lord that it's come here. But part of our responsibility as Christians is to help take it to the rest of the world. And we ought to care. Aren't you glad that somebody brought it from Jerusalem all the way to America? Right? You don't have to go to Jerusalem to hear about Christianity. There's people in your own language, in your own town, in your own city. that will tell you about Jesus. But there's a lot of countries on planet Earth where you can't really hear about Christianity. And they won't be able to hear about it until people like me and you go. Send money. Pray for those people. Maybe we don't go ourselves, maybe we send others. And listen, different people can be passionate about different things. Let's just say you wrote down on your page today, you know, I think the greatest need is the AIDS epidemic and I want to give myself to addressing that. That's awesome. We need good doctors. Go be a great doctor and give yourself to that. But if the person sitting next to you wrote down something different and it's good and it's legitimate, you know, they're like, I want to become a congressman so I can write good laws. Okay, that's a great thing too. Don't get in a big debate about, well, what's more important, AIDS or Congress? I mean, that actually might be an interesting debate, okay? But here's my point. As Christians, let's don't get in such a big debate about all the secondary needs. Let's just make sure we're on the same page about the greatest need. Right? Let's just make sure you may be more passionate about the AIDS epidemic. I might be more passionate about Congress writing good laws. But let's just make sure when we get together, we both say what we're both the most passionate about is getting the gospel of Jesus Christ to every tongue, tribe, and nation as fast as we can, as effectively as we can. That's the greatest need, guys. Don't miss the importance of that. Sometimes it might be awkward to bring the gospel up with people. Let me just give you this illustration. Let's just imagine there was some new strain of COVID. I hate to even mention it, but it, it, the illustration is going to work well, all right? There's some new strain of COVID. They call it COVID 20, okay? And listen, all the scientists, they all agree. I mean, they even have like a TV commercial that has Joe Biden, Donald Trump, And Fauci, they're all up there together saying, we disagree about a lot, but we agree about COVID-20. And here's what they say. COVID-20, if you're 75 and older and you get COVID-20, you will die. You have to get the vaccine. We don't care if you're an anti-vaxxer. you got to get the vaccine if you're 75 and older. And listen, if you think I'm trying to make a political statement, you don't know me. I could care less. All right, I'm not. I'm just making an illustration. And let's say you got a grandma, and your grandma is 75 years old, but she's young at heart, right? She's one of these ladies, she don't like you to talk about her age. But you love your grandma, and you're hearing everybody, everybody's agreeing, so you're like, I gotta go talk to grandma about the vax. You know? But your grandma, she's old school. She's like anti-vaccine. But you go see grandma, and you're like, hey grandma, listen, I gotta talk to you now, because everybody is saying, it's, it's just clear, it's proven, because you're 75, and she said, don't you talk to me about my age, child. You're going to say, Grandma, listen, I love you. I'm not trying to be mean about your age, but there's something bigger going on about your heart. If you don't get this vaccine, you're going to die. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes it might be awkward. Sometimes it might be weird to take the gospel to other places, to other nations. It might cost us something. It might even cost us something relationally. We might have to suffer some. But guys, the need is so important. We should be ready and willing to pay the cost. To press through the awkwardness of relationships. To speak up. Even if it comes across a little offensive to some people. Guys, as a messenger of the gospel, try to never be offensive. The message of the gospel in and of itself is offensive enough, right? I mean, the message of the gospel says, You are such a dirty, rotten sinner that you're going to go to hell unless the Son of God was slaughtered for you. It's pretty offensive. You don't have to be offensive as the messenger. You can be nice and gentle. But just preach the truth, okay. Now, some of you may say, I'm, I hear what you're saying, I'm seeing, I see it. I wanna do something with my life, but I'm overwhelmed. I mean, I got my own issues with anxiety and boyfriend problems, blah, blah, blah. How can I think about world missions? Take a step of faith. Maybe it's just going on a spring break mission trip to start. Did you notice this lame beggar? He's laying there. The ankle muscles are dead. When did he feel power in his ankle muscles? When he grabbed a hold of Peter's hand and started to stand up. In a sense, he had to take a step of faith before he felt the power. And sometimes we have to take a step of faith in the direction that we think God wants us to go. Even when we feel like, I can't do it, I'm not bold enough, I'm not gift enough, I won't be able to raise the money, whatever. Take a step of faith. Because I'll tell you this guys, God is more committed to world missions than everybody in this room put together. And so if you say, God, I want to be on your team reaching the world, but I feel overwhelmed, but I'm going to take like a baby step of faith. I promise you he will meet you there and he'll give you spiritual strength and spiritual life to get in the game and make a difference. When God uses you, because he will use you if you'll take these steps of faith, just like he used Peter. Do what Peter did. Don't take the glory for yourself. You see what Peter did? Peter said, it wasn't us. Don't think it's because I'm so holy. Don't think it's because I'm so great or wise or smart. It was Jesus. It's Him. Always point people back to Christ, just like we said. Now, a couple more things will be done, guys. Don't sell yourself short. Somebody else said this, I don't know. I wish I could remember who said it and I'd give them credit. But most young leaders tend to overestimate what they can do in the next five years. There's probably some freshmen sitting out there right now that said, man, that idea of starting an orphanage is awesome. I think I'll start an orphanage next year. You know, go for it, but it probably won't work out for you. Most young leaders are too ambitious about what they can accomplish in the next five years. But in the next ten years, most young leaders, they're not ambitious enough. They underestimate it. What might God want to be doing in and through and with your life 10 years from now for His global mission? I don't know, guys, but dream big dreams and pray big prayers because God is a big God. And again, whatever little tiny heart that you and I have for world missions, God has an infinite heart, an eternal heart. He's passionate about this thing, and He's looking for men and women that He can use. Now... One more verse I want us to look at, flip over to the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 21. And let me say again, I hope that none of you leave saying, you know, I've always been passionate to be a doctor, to be a surgeon, to give myself to trying to understand the human brain and do brain surgery. And this guy's saying that's not important. I'm not saying that. Guys, secondary needs are so important. I'm just saying secondary needs are secondary needs. They're not as important as the one primary need, which is getting the gospel to every tongue, tribe, and nation. So again, there might be a hundred different good things that you can and should give your life to. But I know for sure, if you're a Christian, there's one great need that you have to be a part of. Every Christian ought to be a world Christian. And I don't mean by that you've got to be a world traveler going around talking to people about Jesus. But at minimum, you need to be praying for other countries, other peoples, other places. You need to be giving money. And yes, probably for most of us, sometimes you need to give some of your time, some of your summers. And some of you may need to give the rest of your life. But look at this. Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. This is a famous verse about heaven. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore for the former things that passed away. All those good, legitimate needs that we see in the world, the secondary needs, one day they're all going to get fixed in the next life. God cares about those things. Peter cared about it. Peter did it if he did We should care about them too. Just don't let the secondary needs cloud out the importance of the primary need. You know... One last thought for us to think about, okay? Let's just imagine if I did have some kind of cool app and everybody could have wrote in whatever their thing was. Here's the, what I think is the biggest need. And we ended up with 100 different needs up here. And basically, as we kind of looked at it, it's like, man, almost everything that Democrats care about in this country, it's on the list. Almost everything Republicans care about, it's on the list. And what if this group of whatever is in the room, 1,200 people, we said, all right, for the next 50 years, we're going to dedicate ourselves to solving all those 100 problems. Cancer, poverty, immigration reform, whatever. We're going to go after all of it. Orphans, we're going to take care of them. And let's say we did it. And we influenced our friends and our family and our networks to give themselves for the next 50 years to fixing all these problems. And let's imagine we did it. Like in 50 years, no more poverty, not just in America, but the whole world. No more hunger, not just in America, the whole world. No more orphans. Not just in America, but the whole world. I mean, that'd be pretty glorious, would it not? But here's the one kind of thing, and this is obviously made up, but there's a point. We didn't share the gospel with anybody. And neither did anybody else. So for the next 50 years, nobody else came to Christ on planet Earth. Now there were a lot of people that were rich. They had good jobs. They had a bunch of money. They were fat. They were happy. They were healthy. They had a mom. They had a dad. They had great health care. But then they all die and go to hell forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. How much good have we really done? We just made their path to hell a little bit easier and smoother for the next 80 years of their life maybe. So again, I'm not saying the secondary Issues are unimportant. I'm not saying you shouldn't give any of your time and issue to these secondary things. I'm just saying all of us that find ourselves in Christ, we ought to realize that was my greatest need. I was guilty of crucifying the Lord Jesus Christ. I wasn't there personally, but if I would have been, I'd have been shouting with the crowd. And it was my sin that put him there because he died for my sin. And I ought to be so overwhelmed by His graciousness in taking care of my greatest need that out of the overflow of that thanksgiving and that love for Him, I ought to turn in compassion to other people, my next-door neighbor, my friend, my co-worker, my family member, my classmate, and also people that live in other countries and tribes that I've never heard of, and say, Lord, how can I leverage my life to address other people's greatest need just like you so lovingly addressed my greatest need. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, please make us into a people passionate to spread your good news and effective at doing it for your glory and for the good of the nations. We pray all this in Christ's name. Thanks for listening to this episode of Truth Wars with Dr. Olin Stubbs. We want to remind you to please leave a review for this podcast wherever you listen, and to share this podcast with any friends or family that you think may be blessed by Olin's teaching.